Welcome to What's Happening in 40K. Your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene. And bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. Alright ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode and today we are doing the hotly awaited bets on for the LGT Pro-Am Invitational 2023, the inaugural year. We will do another bets on for the main event that will be coming up in about a week and a half, two weeks when we have the balanced data slate and a better idea about who is going to be in with a shot at winning the overall LGT. But before we get to that, we are going to do the Invitational, and I am once again joined by George. How are you doing, George? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Zach. Thanks for having me back on. It's always a pleasure. And for first-time listeners, Bets On is our podcast where we have our professional bookmaker, George, go through the lineup and give each of the contenders their betting odds. Now, in the past, we have been putting shall we say faux bets onto the contenders to see where they come we're not going to be doing that this time we're just going to be going through and giving these players their odds now the way the invitational is working is it is a seeded event so these players will be playing opponents with appropriate seedings and the seeding for each player is made up 30 percent of their uktc ranking 30 percent of this bets on odds and 30% of you guys weighing in to see who you think should be the top seeds. Now, of course, that is 33.3%, but uh, we shall be getting to that in due course. That seeding will open to the public next week. Before we do, of course, we have the odds. So, George, let's start off just by going through a little bit about the format of the event. So there is three brackets. We have one bracket for the pros. These are people that have a podcast, make their living from 40K in some way, or just have you know some passion project that they've been working on for a while, but something in addition to their 40K prowess. Next up, we have the AMs. The amateurs are people who are at the top of the game at least once, maybe twice, who knows if they still are, but these are players who have developed a reputation for being some of the best in the world. And then in bracket number three, we have the Unconquerables. These are players who may not be a big name in the hobby, but they will be one day because they have gone 5-0 and in one of our Super Majors this year. The format of the event is that each bracket is seeded. You play within your bracket until you make your way to the semifinals. The highest ranked player with a loss will also get another shot at redemption, making their way into the semifinals too, to play a player from a different bracket. The winners of the semis will obviously go into the grand finale, which will be on the Saturday night of the LGT. So whoever wins the Invitational will have played four rounds of 40k prior to the finale on Saturday night which comes after three rounds of 40k and then they're probably one of the best players in the world so the chance of them making their way into the lgt finale on the monday very very high so malik has done this once before winning i believe over 10 games of 40k in a row in one single weekend no mean feat at all so let's get started george you've given us odds across all three brackets so when we go through this list i'll mention which bracket they're in but we're going to start off with Joe Cool, who you have given 18 to 1 odds. 
tell us a little bit about why you've given Jekyll 18 to 1 odds and not ranked him with everyone else, which we'll get to in a minute. Well, he's made, he just about made my top 10 list, uh, Jekyll. Um, I've not actually met the guy before. Um, from what I know, he's a good friend with David, and David used to speak really highly of him, who was obviously a teammate of mine in the past. Um, from what I know, I think he's won one London Open. I think that's the only thing he's won as far as I know. Um, he's Team Iceland. Um, and he's he's been on a very, very strong army currently, James Dieter Colt. It's going to be interesting to see what he uses. My guess would be from what, what I would do, and I'm just an educated guess here, is he'd probably jump over to Nids would be what I would I would think. Um but yeah, he's he's in my top ten, which is a good achievement. Because how many players do we have in total, Zach? Remind me. We is have uh, twenty five, I believe, which is twenty five. So he makes my top ten, which is you know, which is still you know, gives him a decent chance. And uh, that's about all I have on Joker, really. Okay, Eight so you, you you heard it here first. Gentlemen and ladies, if you are buddies with Mr. David Gaylard, you will find yourself into the top 10 with an 18 to 1 odds. That is 40k success by association, if ever I've heard it. George, give us a little bit of a run through about another one of your uh, associates, Mr. Dan Whitaker, coming in at 16 to 1. Um, for people that don't know, um, I, I practice quite frequently with Dan. He's obviously one of the new members of Dice Down. He's an exceptionally good player. Um, he was so unlucky um, a couple of days ago at the Goonhammer. He got to the final table, beating his brother in the semi-finals and making it to the final table where I watched it live on stream and he was extremely unlucky. He completely outplayed the other guy uh, throughout, in my in my opinion. And there was a lot of biasness, I thought, from the commentators. So they're probably going to hate me for saying this, but they were they were definitely cheering on the other chap more than what they were, Dan which um, I found a bit irritating watching the stream. But other than that, the stream was extremely entertaining and the tournament was very entertaining. I just obviously, I was supporting Dan. So obviously I didn't like that, watching it. But um, that's that That was my view on it. And he should have won. I think if he plays that game again five times, I think Dan wins it five times. That's how unlucky he was uh, not to win that tournament. And he's won, did he win one of your supers as well, Zach? What super was that again? He didn't, did he? Won the Bristol Super Major, one of our recent events. It is one of my favorite events. I love Bristol, and Dan did exceptionally well, pipping uh, Mr. Martin Cooper to the post in the finale. So, yeah, so people are wondering. I rate him as one of the best players that I've I've played in recent times, and people must be wondering, so why have I given him 16-1? to 1? Why is he not right up there with the favorites? And the reason being is because he's only been playing Elder in recent times. And as everyone knows, Elder will probably not be a thing or as powerful as they are now once these changes happen, probably later this week. So that's why he's all the way down at 16 to 1 and not a 4 to 1 or 3 to 1 favourite because I don't know how he's going to adapt once Elder get taken away. I know he only really plays, you know, Elder, Harlequins. Um, so that's why he's at 16 to 1. So it'd be interesting to see what he does. 
once a change has happened. Indeed, of course, the proposed nerfs that we are all expecting this Thursday. Let's not call them nerfs, let's call them balance patches, because of course we are expecting Thursday Games Workshop to release their balanced data slate, which of course will be used at the LGT, as George points out. Next up, we have a man who needs no introduction. He's been mentioned once before, 12 to 1, Mr. David Gaylord. Tell us a little bit about how come David has made it to 12 to 1. Well, David, like I say, you never know what David's going to show up. If he comes, if he comes with his A game, and then he he he's got a, a very good chance. But then again, he could come, you know, and his head might not be with it, you know, for this for this invitational. I don't know. So I've put him sort of twelve to one, which I think is a fair price for him. He can be dangerous on his day, and he can be disappointing on another day. Um, from my experience, so he's the top priced player for from Ignite. So I've put him up and it's a shame that um, there's a couple of Ignite guys missing, probably two or three of the best players within the team, within Vic, uh, Vic and Boris and Liam, who everyone keeps talking about. I'm not, I know Vic rates this Liam guy as one of the best players in the world, which is interesting. Um, I'm not sure why he's not coming um, here. Was he invited, Zach? Liam? Well, Liam, I believe, is number one a student, if I'm not mistaken, which obviously makes travelling to London a bit more of a challenge. And I also believe he is French or or Belgium, um, Belgium which you know, yeah. may only be a train ride away, but it's an expensive train to go underneath. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I saw I saw some things where he was trying to raise some money to go and play in America. So he's obviously got some money issues. I think Team Ignite should pay for him if he's that good, to be honest with you. You've got some very uh, financially successful people within that team and they've got one of the best players in the world within it. Why are they not funding him, Zach? That's what I would ask the question. Well, we can ask them that question, but that is not the topic for today. We've given the next player a 10 to 1. He's pipped his brother to the post, Mr. Will Whitaker, in at 10 to 1. Tell us a little bit about why you think Will is going to outperform Dan. Well, well, Dan beat Will in the semi-finals at the weekend, funny enough, but that was with Elder. Now, with Elder being, being, being nerfed and taken away, Will is more familiar with the other factions and has other options. So that's why I believe Will will adapt to these these balance changes better than what Dan will. And they are almost like they're equally matched, to be honest with you. It's just that I think Dan's been playing a more powerful faction in recent times. This is why he's done slightly better. But, oh, geez, um, an alarm just went off on my phone. Maybe this is an alarm to tell everyone that Mr. Will Whitaker is indeed a Demons player. He's been performing very well recently, I believe, knocking Josh out of the running at Goonhammer, taking two Wraith Knights and an Avatar down with his Demons. Rather big surprise to many of us. But Demons ne- could only get better, right? Is that right? Demons could only get better, I guess. They're not going to see any balance... Um decreases they're definitely going to get better if anything so wheels at 10 to 1 interesting there all right we got another 10 to 1 coming up now completely unbiased in his positioning here a george another dice down member coming in in the top 10 10 to 1 we have former lgt champion former invitational champion mr malik i mean rubio Tell us about why you have given malik 10 to 1 and not better odds considering he is a former champ 
Well, I think that's quite a, a generous price for Malik because he's, you know, he's doing a lot of things in real life at the moment. So he's not taking it totally serious like he has done in the past. But however, um, we've come up with some ideas within the team and he's got a little secret weapon of a faction that he's going to be using for this, which I can't, I can't talk too much about because obviously um, I don't want to give it away. I'm not sure if he's keeping it a secret or not to everyone else, but he's got a very interesting list, which I believe will do well. I just hope that he gets to practice in and he has the time to practice. And if he does, he will be a very dangerous opponent to play. Yes, of course. Malik is always a dangerous opponent to play. You never know what he's going to pull out the bag. But he has got a record of sometimes doing well and sometimes doing poorly. Famously going 3-2 and two at one LGT, I believe, in 2019. All right, we've mentioned this next chap once before. Mr. Will Whitaker pipped him to the post, which apparently is my favorite phrase for this week's episode. And uh, he's been rocking it. He won the recent uh, Leeds Super Major that we run. He's obviously well known for his role in Team England. We have Josh at 8-1. to one. So, Josh, he was um, one of my favourites in the previous bets-ons. And I actually, I, I attended Leeds and I actually watched uh, some of his games for like 10 or 15 minutes when I sort of wandered over, uh, mainly the one when he played Ben Jones. And he he looked like he had, a, he looked unbeatable to him from what I saw. He was just, he had the eyes for it, just the eyes, the look, the way he was moving, the way he was, you know, he just, I thought no one's going to, no one's going to beat him here. That's for sure. And he obviously destroyed um, the leads. I think he beat everyone in like three turns, I believe. <laughs> yeah, literally throughout the whole tournament. And since then, things have changed. I think people have sort of looked at his list more. They've understood his list more. They've worked out what the Avatar can do, you know, with his fast moving, you know, um, and he's been found out a little bit, hasn't he? Because he's lost to Conrad recently in one tournament and then he recently lost to Will Whitaker at the Goonhammer. So he, since that Leeds success, he's not done so well um, since then. And for Team England, I don't know how well he did for Team England, actually, at the top of my head. That was, I think he used Custodes, which are going to be the new thing. Everyone is saying after this balance data slate coming out this week, everyone's talking about how how good custodes would be. So I imagine Josh will jump over to those. Perhaps, of course, you know, custodes have been a very well played and high performing faction as well. So we are predicting that it's not just they will get enough. I think that maybe custodes might see a, a little bit of a tweak too. But this gentleman coming up next might not need a tweak at all because his favourite faction, GSC, started off very strong but have recently dipped below that magical 55% win rate. We have next up Patrick from Poland. Now, he is obviously coming off the strong victory of the WTC. He's the champion of the world and you've given him 6-1. to one. Tell us a little bit about why you have rated Patrick Myson so highly. Well, he's got to be he's got to be in the mix, hasn't he? Like you just said, he's one of the world champions and representing Poland in London, I guess. And six to one. What did he use? Did he use GNC the Colt? He is a GSC specialist. I'm not sure if that's what he took to WTC, which obviously is team format. But yes, he is a GSC specialist. Yeah, I'm not sure that they're going to be that good after this week. I think they're going to be one of the factions that will get hit. But I'm sure he will be able to adapt over. 
Now, if he was a Marine player, for example, and, and you know, I would have him even shorter odds than that. So he would probably be one of my favourites. But as I said, he's a Gene the Colt player. So six to one, I think, is a fair price for him. Interesting. Well, this next gentleman is a Marine player, although his favourite iron hands are not as performing as well as perhaps those Death Watch or... Uh, What's the other uh, Space Marine faction that's doing really well? Dark Angels, I saw this weekend. But Iron Hands, not so well. Tau, not so well. Why have you given Nas a 5-1 to one odds when his favourite factions are performing so poorly right now? Well, um, I was with Nas um, a couple of weeks ago, actually. And we was in the pub. He was having a, a quick pint with some of his uh, Warlord uh, companions. And I was talking to him about you know what the changes could be. What 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 is he up to? What is he playing at the moment? What is he practicing? And he's got a really uh, good understanding of the Dark Angels now. That looks like the way he's going to go. He's going to be on the Dark Angels, and he predicts that all the other factions are going to get hit, the danger ones to those. And he just sounded very confident the way he was talking, the way we we built a couple of lists together, talking it through. So I've had to, and he's a Marine player, you know. So. All these elder guys going away, I think he's got a fantastic chance of um, doing well. And lastly, he just does his own thing. He doesn't copy anyone's lists. He doesn't, you know, take advice of anyone else. He just builds his own list. He has his own way of playing and he just sticks to that. And, I, you know, I give that a lot of credit. So I think he's going to be in the mix at five to one. Interesting. He is your third favourite and the only Warmaster to make an appearance in this list. Next up, we have. A war master, but not one of the team. This gentleman has won, I believe, more of our super majors than anyone else. He is captain of Team Scotland, Mister Innes Wilson, at four to one. Tell us not why you've given him four to one, George, but tell us why he's not your favourite. Oh, it was really difficult, actually. I did, I did it when I was writing this up. I had him and my favourite on the same price, and I was, I was thinking to myself, I'm going to have to pick one or the other. I don't want to have two with the same price as my favourite this time. So I had to pick one or the other, and I, I went with the other person um, as a slight favourite. And obviously our favourites here are slightly bigger prices than what they normally are in our other in our other podcasts because it's such a hard field. The field is so difficult here, and there's so many good players within this mix. It's not going to be easy, even for these, these favourites, to win all their games. Every game is going to be really tough. Not like a normal, this is definitely harder to win than a super. I don't care what anyone says. A super major or this invitational, I think the invitational is harder to win. Indeed. So that's why you, of course, have to not just beat all of your opponents, but there's a chance that you might have to beat one of them twice because, of course, we have that second chance for glory coming in with the semifinalists. So just for argument's sake here, what might happen is, say, you know, George might beat... Uh, Malik in round one, but then Malik performs really well throughout the rest of the tournament, earning a second shot at the semifinals, beating somebody from another bracket, and then meeting George in the grand finale once again. So these players, all very highly well regarded, might have to beat each other twice, which makes this event very, very challenging. But this gentleman is with, shall we say, less of a challenge than most, and everyone else is more of a challenge to beat him because he is your favourite for the weekend, Mr. Manny Chima, on 3-1. to one. So Manny has been leading the ITC for the, basically the entire season. He looked unbeatable with Dark Angels earlier this year. Will he be unbeatable with Dark Angels later this year when we come to the event in just two and a half weeks? Well, 
do you know, the reason why Manny is my favourite is just I believe he can adapt uh, better than anyone else in, in with not a lot of time to do so. So, for example, he could just jump faction and play with that faction like he's been playing with them for years. I, I don't think he's used the same army more than, you know, twice in consecutive tournaments. He just changes to whatever, you know, suits him. And I think I've just seen a Facebook uh, book post from him that he's getting his custodes ready for this. So, and there's rumours that they're going to be one of the, the stronger factions after this week. So that's what he's already preparing for that, for the rumours. That's what I mean by him adapting. He's already in preparation for these changes, even before the changes are not confirmed. And then once they're confirmed, he can easily just, you know, move away from that and just jump on ship to something else that's really strong. And he will play well with whatever he picks up. That's why I put him as favourite. Interesting. So adaptability and the ability to get reps in looking like the two things that will be determinative of George's predicted performance this weekend. Now we've got the odds. Let's do a little run through about where these people sit in terms of their brackets, because that will actually impact their chances of playing each other once, twice, or perhaps you know, getting knocked out at that first round. So in your top three, you have Manny, Innes, and Nas. We have their two pros and one am. Innes and Manny, of course, of Glasshammer and Statcheck, respectively. Meanwhile, Nas sits in there as one of the top players representing Warmasters and the Amateurs. Also in that amateur bracket, we have Patrick Myson and Josh, Malik and... Dan Whitaker, I believe Joe Cool is also in there. So the AMs are more well represented in your top 10 than the pros, but we do have one unconquerable, which we'll get to now. So Will Whitaker is in there for the unconquerables. He was one of our wild card entries into the event, but we of course do have a host of other unconquerables who you've given all of which 20 to 1. So let's go through these gentlemen pretty quickly and see which ones may need 21 to 1.5 or 21 to 2. <laughs> Let's see. We've got Will Whitaker, Sam Smith, Lewis Smith, Chris Patterson, Luke Quadling, Liam Calibut, John Swallow, Sam Boardman, and Jake Wilstrop. Now, Jake has been a Thousand Sons diehard for many a time, and they are doing very well at the moment. Chris Patterson, obviously a Space Marine player, so maybe he's going to get a big boost. Will, we've obviously covered already. So why don't you give us your favourite out of the Unconquerables if we take Will out of the equation? I don't know them that well, to be to be totally honest. I've not met a lot of these players. And that's the whole idea, right? These are the up-and-coming guys. So, you know, it's quite uh, normal for me to uh, not have met most of these. And obviously, I don't attend as many tournaments as I used to, um, sadly, because I've, I've got three children. So I can't, you know, give all my time to 40k. But one player I did play was Lewis Smith, I believe. He, I played his Demons um, in the last edition, though. It was the end of last edition. I used my Votan. And he, he seemed a nice a nice guy, a nice chap. So I will point him out to be the one that I would select. And that, the only reason being is because he's the only one I know who I've actually met. Not including Will, obviously. All right, Mr. Lewis Smith, the better of the Smiths. I don't believe Sam Smith is his brother but maybe just a compatriot in the uh, in the Smith clan. I'm going to go, here's my pick, George. I'm going to go with Jake Wilstrop. He's my favorite from the Unconquerables. Let's have a little look at the AMs. 
you aside from your uh, highest ranking of NAS, because obviously we've got to take into account who's going to have to play each other. If NAS is highest seeded in the AMs, he's likely going to have to play the lowest seed in the in the AMs in round one. So take a little look through your AM list there, George, and tell me who you think is going to be bottom seed, because that is going to be round one for NAS. Well, I think the AMs are the strongest. If this was a team format and they were playing each other, I would fancy the amateurs to, to win, um, in my view. Um, I think they're, they're slightly better than the pros. Uh, the unconquerable would be the dark horse, obviously. The you know the up and coming guys, that you know, which it's a difficult question. Um, maybe Ed Watts would probably be he's the you know, and there's nothing there's nothing to be shameful about being the bottom seed within that group of players because it's an exceptional group, you know. They're listed there. It is you know, indeed, eight, I believe. Yeah. It's a... So yeah, maybe maybe Ed Watts versus Nas for the first first game. All right. If you're listening to this, Ed, you better get practicing against those Dark Angels. It sounds like George has let slip what one of his favorites is going to be bringing to the event. Want to let slip any more secrets, George? You seem to be a man in the know. Tell us a little bit about what faction <laughs> you oh, think. Clement, well, Clement didn't make. Well, you know, Clement's been. He's extremely practiced. He's an extremely good player at the moment. He's in his prime, uh, playing 40k. But he's only played Elder for this whole edition, which is why I've written him off for this tournament. I think he's just going to come for the laughs. He may even show up with Space Wolves. Um, that's his other faction. Or he may use a, you know, an underpowered Elder Army. I don't know. But um, I don't fancy Clement. Now, if this tournament was this weekend, or before these nerfs come into play, or these balances, as we call it, Clement would be one of my favourites. But I just don't think he's going to adapt well to the changes with what he has available to him. All right. So news breaking. George does not fancy Clement. Well, I'm glad we've been able to clear that one up. Unlucky for you, Clem. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This has been a episode of Bets On. We will be opening up all of these players for public seeding in the next couple of days. So make sure you are following along on Facebook. That's where that will occur. And we hope to see you soon. Thanks, George, for coming on. Appreciate your time, as always. Cheers, Zach. Thank you for tuning in to What's Happening in 40K. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We'd also really appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. And, of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from What's Happening in 40K. We'll be back next time with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening.